Hello and welcome to this episode. This podcast is Confessions of a Personal Trainer. I'm Chloe, a personal trainer, and my aim is to educate, inspire, motivate you, and hopefully challenge the thoughts that might be stopping you from reaching a goal. Okay, this episode is all about food and my inspiration, I always get inspiration from something random for episodes. It's usually something that's either like a conversation throughout the week or something that's going on in my own life that gives me some kind of inspiration. And this week I found myself being a little bit, I'm not going to say obsessive, but I suppose it would be leading to become obsessive. And I'd say, um, yeah, like a borderline obsessive around food. And it's not even really food so much. It's more tracking around the food. So I'm after, had a bit of a a break from dieting after National Fitness Games. Then I was in Spain for two weeks. So I had like relaxed approach with food. And then coming back, getting into a routine has been fine. But then I've been more relaxed on a weekend, which again is fine. And I encourage people to do that. And then I get on a like a Monday morning, I get that Monday morning feeling where I'm like, right, let's be good. And I hate using that. Like I hate using that let's be good phrase because like what is good? Like what is good or bad? We all have this label of I need to eat good food this week or I need to have a good week. Like what does that mean? <laughs> well, it doesn't even it doesn't mean anything. It just means whatever we label it as. Uh, so we just put pressure on ourselves to be good or to not be bad, but we don't actually know what that looks like. And then this last week or so I found myself checking my fitness pal a bit more and if I've been like let's say I've got 20 calories left I'm like "Mm, what could I have for 20 calories just for the sake of it and it's interesting because I know I'm doing it and then I think "Mm, I shouldn't do this so then it got me thinking about what obsessing might look like so what might be obsessive behaviors around food and then what can we do about that so I think this could be quite an interesting episode so first of all what obsessing around food might look like and this could be different for lots of different people but you might recognize some of these behaviors or some of these thoughts so first of all it could be constant food thoughts so maybe you're thinking about what you're going to eat later or maybe you're thinking about what you've already eaten Um, it could be weighing and tracking things to the gram and then removing food if it's over it could be having an exact target that you need to eat and you won't go over it or if you do go over it it's the end of the world it could be restriction and not allowing certain foods or feeling guilty about eating certain foods and then it could also be avoiding social situations that might involve food or maybe restricting after you've eaten out now these are some of them can be just quite minor and if it only happens now and again it's not really a massive issue you can work on it to get past it if these behaviors or if more than one if it's quite frequent and it is reoccurring and you notice them more and more this is when it can get a little bit problematic so what can we do about this so first of all recognizing it is a good thing because it means you are aware of it and you can take some steps to change your behaviors should you decide and of course if you want to stop them if you want to change those behaviors or maybe think about how you can reframe it or phase them out then that's something that is doable now these patterns are usually something that is formed from either a cycle of restriction or like an all or nothing mindset which a lot of people do have and I can't promise you that I can change that mindset because it is usually from 
years of learned behaviours, but the following information might be helpful and might help to bring some realisations that might help you to change or to reframe these thoughts. So I'm going to share eight reminders or eight tips, eight realisations, however you want to look at them, that might help you if you find yourself feeling obsessed with food. Number one, you don't actually need an exact number of calories each day. And it doesn't need to be the same every day. So in our heads, we think, right, I need to aim for X amount of calories each day, every day. And you don't, we don't actually need a specific amount. Depending on the goal, you could argue, okay, so let's say if you wanted to lose weight, yes, you need to be in a calorie deficit, but that doesn't mean that there's, there is an exact number that you need. We tend to just choose a number, aim to stick to it, and then you will see results if you are in a calorie deficit. I often recommend trying to stick to one number but that's just for consistency so I do it for myself and I recommend other people just to have an idea of how many calories you are consuming over a weekly basis for example have an idea of what it is that you eat each day but you don't actually need to have the same amount each day and there are a lot of factors that might influence this as well so if you had under eaten yesterday you might feel more hungry today or if you had a big workout yesterday or you had a longer walk than usual and you've used more energy, you might feel more hungry today because of that extra energy burned yesterday. But then equally, if you have a really busy day, there might be days where you're not hungry. So you don't need to eat that that amount if you're not hungry. So I think it's best to have almost like a weekly average so that you've got, like a bank account, you don't need to spend all of your money today, but you've got X amount of money over the week and you might spend more today than you do tomorrow. You can look at calories as the same thing you can almost think of it as what you need rather than what you have to have this is another reason why I recommend a boundary or like a bracket rather than me saying I'm going to eat 1800 calories I tell myself that it's 18 to 1900 because then I've got that leeway for if I fancied something else after I've eaten dinner rather than me thinking oh my god I'm 12 calories over I can look at it as okay yeah I can fit this in my calories because 12 calories 100 calories even 200 isn't really going to do anything if you go over by one on one day it doesn't change anything it's it's more detrimental in our minds than it actually is in reality the second thing is that tracking isn't even that accurate so we have this fixation on tracking everything we eat and it's not even that accurate so studies have shown that even dietitians can't accurately track And even when people have been paid to track, they couldn't track 100%. So food packages are wrong, the quantities or the serving sizes are different. We might not even be able to absorb all of the calories that we eat. So this is a lot of information that gets lost with tracking. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to eat that certain amount and we can't go over calories or if we have gone over calories, it's a disaster. But actually it's probably not even accurate what you have tracked anyway. And that's not down to human error. I mean, it might be because some people won't track correctly, but that's down to a number of different things. There are so many products on MyFitnessPal or the, the similar apps. If you search things, there are there's so many that aren't correct. So there's a lot of things that are on MyFitnessPal that don't match up with the packaging for example but then the packaging might not even be accurate anyway I think they can give I think there's a 20% kind of leeway that the food companies can give so they're not likely to be 100% correct anyway so what you think you're eating you might not be but that's okay and then we can think okay I can relax around this 
again, a lot of it is worse in the mindset than what it actually is. So this brings me to questioning how good tracking actually is. Now, I do like tracking and I encourage other people to track, but what happened before my fitness pal was a thing? People would have lost weight without my fitness pal. Before tracking apps existed, people still lost weight. And why is this? Simply because they created an energy deficit which resulted in fat loss. So we don't need to track. We don't need to know the exact amount that we're eating, but it is good awareness. Most people tend to overeat. Most people tend to guess if it's just portion sizes or if it's just thinking I'll have a handful of this. Most people don't know. They lack the awareness or the the knowledge around food information. So it really is just a tool. And actually your body is a very good calorie calculator or calorie counter of what it needs most of the time we should know what it is that we need but over time because of society because of habits we're all busy people everyone works so much we learn behaviors that stop our hunger signals so we might not recognize when we're hungry we might not recognize when we're full we're also very social so this means we might eat in social situations just because there's food there so we're likely to just eat we're likely to eat when we're bored or just because the amount on the plate is there so we eat it but ultimately our bodies are clever in knowing what they need but it's our brains that are disconnected so this this can be why actually when people have got cravings so if people have um they assume that they need chocolate so i hear this quite a lot oh it gets to 3 p.m and i need chocolate now this is usually because you are actually hungry your body is saying hey i need something to eat i need some nutrients i need carbohydrates fats probably some veg, some protein. I need something to to digest. And yet we think that that little signal is our body saying, oh, I need a chocolate fix. I need to just pass this urge. I need something sweet. And it is usually a signal from our bodies to say, actually feed me something that I can eat. Feed me something that isn't chocolate. So something I tend to do in this situation would be if I think, oh, I need chocolate, I would have something that is going to satisfy all of my kind of food needs. I'd have that first. So let's say I might think, right, okay, I'm going to have an omelette with a bagel. And that is going to be fats, carbohydrates, proteins. Inside this omelette, I could put in some onions, some spinach, some tomato. So I've got some micronutrients in there as well. I've got some veg. And if I'm still hungry, I'll have a chocolate bar. But then most of the time, I'll have got what I actually needed and it was just this naughty little voice in my head saying, oh, you need chocolate, but you don't. I mean, sometimes we do. I could argue that, yeah, actually I do need chocolate right now. So that's why I like to have a bit of both because then you're more likely to have a bit of chocolate and be satisfied. Whereas if you hadn't had that omelette beforehand, you might eat more chocolate than you needed because you're still hungry. Another tracking tip or advice with tracking is think of it like a sat-nav. So you might need a sat-nav to find your way to a new destination for a few times, but after that, you're okay on your own. You don't need the sat-nav. This is a little bit like tracking. So after a while of tracking or after you get to know what it is that you need, after you understand portion sizes, after you understand how much protein is in each serving and how much your body needs, you can then start to follow your normal daily routine with food without the tracking. Okay, I'm going to move away from tracking slightly and we are now on point six, if anyone's been counting. Now, this is an interesting one and it's going to sound like it's not very logical, but even if you overeat, 
you are probably not eating enough, which sounds crazy, but the average woman assumes that she needs to eat 1,200 calories. I don't even know where this, where did this come from? Like, if anyone knows where 1,200 calories actually came from, then let me know because so many people, and I know my fitness pal does this, so my fitness pal will, if you put in, I'm a female looking to lose weight, they put your target calories at 1,200. But again, they must have got this figure from somewhere. But this is what um, most people, like so new women who are coming to the gym, when I have a chat with them about calories, they say, oh yeah, I did my best to stick to 1,200. It's like, why? Where did this number come from? But anyway, if you are eating 1,200, it's unlikely that you will consistently eat that. So you might eat that for three days, four days, maybe, maybe you'll eat that for a week. But there will be a time when there will be some kind of overeating episode. So if you can be consistent on 1,800 calories, for example, then you'll be more likely to get results if you can stick to the 1,800 calories than you will be on trying to stick to 1,200 calories and subsequently overeating. So on average, you'll be in a bigger deficit over time and therefore prompting fat loss rather than going through cycles of eating low amounts, then overeating, then eating low amounts and then overeating. So how much you eat is important, but what you eat is also very important. And the two are strongly linked. So your food choices will impact how hungry you are and therefore how much you eat. So it's not all about calories, it is how you use those calories as well. Let's say if you had a bowl of cereal for breakfast with full fat milk, a cheese sandwich with crisps for lunch and a pasta bake, it doesn't sound like a lot of food, but that is likely to be high in calories. So although that's that's three meals, it's not really a lot in terms of overall food volume. Whereas if you had Greek yogurt with fruit and a protein bar, an omelette with roasted veg, chicken and rice and a small chocolate bar and a yogurt is probably the same calories, but you get a lot more food. So what you eat is very important for satiety. In other words, feeling satisfied, feeling full, making sure that your body has had everything that it needs. So this can be a really good thing to look at if you're feeling hungry and if you're thinking, if you are tracking and you are trying to monitor what you eat and you want to see fat loss results, looking at what you eat can be really important. So of course, protein is important as well, but I would say all of the sources are just as important as each other. So you need carbohydrates, you need fats, you need to be having plenty of veg as well and fruit. So I would always try. And in fact, there was at one stage where I used to not really be bothered about fruit or veg and I would just use my calories for things like chocolate, <laughs> which is great. But now I try and think, okay, what can I what can I have to be healthier? I'm going to come back to that actually later on. So if you make it more about health, it's surprising how much of an impact it can make. So I try and look at my plate and think, is this a healthy plate? And again, I suppose healthy is subjective. Some people might need to have a huge plate of, it needs to all be veg for it to be considered healthy, but it's not the case. Like I would try and have a handful, maybe half the plate if you can, but every single meal I eat, I try and make it a mixture of carbohydrates fats and protein and then either fruit or veg and it does it does help so the final point that i'm going to talk about is it comes back to the the focusing on health is the labels that we we have about certain things so we often will say either things are good or bad or we should do this we shouldn't do that 
And these labels can produce a lot of blame or guilt or shame. So things like if we associate a chocolate bar as being bad and then we eat a chocolate bar, we're then going to feel bad. If you think that is bad food so you and you eat it, you will think, oh, I've eaten something bad. So this can keep us stuck in this obsessive behavior cycle. And the way that we label or we, we frame things can really make a difference. So maybe rather than trying to label it as, I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to be good. See if you can reframe it to I'm trying to make healthier choices. And then at the end of the day, you can ask yourself, did I do my best to try and make healthier choices today? That way, this reflection is more more self-compassionate rather than labeling choices as good or bad. So, oh, I've had a really bad day today. Clients say this to me all the time. They're coming to the gym. They're like, oh, I've had a bad day with food today. Or you won't believe what I've had this weekend. I've been so bad. And I always smile because I'm always like, well, what what is bad? Like it's probably not even, whatever they think is bad, it's probably not. In the grand scheme, if you were to track it or if you were to write it all down, it's probably not that bad. But again, we do catastrophize things. We do make things seem worse than what they actually are. But maybe you could say at the end of each day, okay, did I do my best to make healthier choices today? And if yes, then well done, continue that again tomorrow. If the answer is, "Mm, I'm not sure, maybe I didn't do so well with making healthy choices today, then you can say, okay, why not? Why did I not make healthy choices? Or what was it that stopped me from making a healthy choice today? And what can I do differently tomorrow to make healthier choices? Because that way, rather than saying, oh, well, you were so bad. If you were able to be a bit more self-compassionate with yourself, you're likely to be able to want to try and change these habits as well. So rather than punishing yourself for being bad or whatever you think is bad, you're more likely to be able to to say, okay, well, what is it that I can change? What can I do differently? And then you're probably going to learn from this, grow from it, and then be able to stick to a new habit or create a new habit. And another mindset tip that I like to remember is that working on your health is a choice. So whether this is exercising, like getting fitter or getting stronger, losing body fat, whatever it is, it's your choice. So you don't have to do this, you get to do this. If you need any support with anything that I've mentioned in this episode, then drop me a message. I've worked with hundreds of people who I can guarantee have had the same question as you or have the same challenge as you, and there is always a solution. If you enjoy this episode, can I ask if you can leave me a little star review? And if you share this on social media, please tag me. You'll find all the info below, and I'll be back again with another episode.